It's time for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW Sault Ste. Marie. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region and hear from the coaches and players that are involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories, too. Now, let's get to the game and join your host scott nason greetings and salutations and welcome to the game on news talk 1400 you can also hear our show online at newstalk 1400.net and podcasts available at the game as the man said my name is scott nason broadcasting from our news talk 1400 studios in sault st marie michigan on this Tuesday, May 17th, 2022. The game, the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, will be with you up until 8 o'clock tonight. Coming up tonight on the game, we'll be joined by co-host David McKeg Jr. from the Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, to give us an update on all the goings-on in the north, including the Sioux Thunderbirds, Sioux Greyhounds, and the Toronto Maple Leafs and Dave certainly has a lot to say about the Leafs and well their lack of success again in the postseason. We'll be joined by co-host Butch Davis, host of Butch on Sports around 645 who will join us to talk about what's going on in the Metro Detroit sports region and around the area along with him and I sitting down for our sports roundtable. But as always we start with local sports and we got a bunch of local sports from this past week or so. And let's start with high school softball from last Monday. Sue High chalked up a pair of Straits Area Conference softball victories over the Rudyard Bulldogs at Losey Field was the home opener for the Blue Devils, who won game one, 12-6. Hannah Maurer, she hit a home run, also had a single and four RBIs for the Blue Devils. Paris Kagris added a triple and a single, while Lucy Husky hit a double, and Danica Bergeron and Chelsea McLeod had one hit each. Bergeron pitched the distance for the win, allowing six runs on eight hits, hits rather, while striking out nine and walking three over six innings. Alex Orr was two for two for the Bulldogs. Summer Smith hit a double in game one. Game two also goes to Sioux High last Monday in high school softball as they win by the score of 13 to 11. Audrey Smith, she goes three for five for the Blue Devils, driving in three runs while Maurer, she added two doubles and two RBIs. Husky, she had two hits and two RBIs, while Bergeron and McLeod also had two hits each for the Blue Devils. Delaney McDowell, she goes two for three for the Rudyard Bulldogs. Also last Monday in high school softball, Pickford, they win a pair of games over St. Ignace in Straits Area Conference action. Panthers would ring up 14 hits and win the opening game at 19 to 8. Lucy Bennett hits a home run and a double while driving in four runs for the Panthers, while Chloe May and Laura Bush each added a single, triple, and two RBIs. Finley Hudacek, she earns the win, pitching five innings, allowing eight runs on 10 hits while striking out four and walking one. Panthers would easily win game two over St. Ignace last Monday, 15 to nothing. Pickford, 11 hits in that game, two hits each from Bush and Fox. Bennon added a triple while May, Guild, Hudacek, Thermos, Blackhorn, and Prucha 
had one hit each for the Panthers. On Thursday, Pickford would win two games in high school softball over the Suhai Blue Devils. The Panthers would win game one, nine to five, and game two, nine to six. These were the first two home games for the Pickford Panthers, and they officially unveiled a brand new scoreboard at the Pickford softball field dedicated in memory of former athletic director Chuck Bennon. Panthers would win the opener in a walk-off fashion in extra innings as Finley Hudacek hit a two-run single, lifting the Panthers to a 6-5 to win in the bottom of the eighth inning. Laura Bush, she goes 4-4 four for four for the Panthers, while Lucy Bennon hits a home run and had two doubles. Panthers, as I mentioned earlier, would win game 2-9-6. Kennedy Guild hit a two-run double to bring in the go-ahead runs in the seventh innings, while Lizzie Story and Laura Bush finish with two hits each for the Panthers. Suhai would take on Marquette in high school softball Friday at Losey Field, a very warm and beautiful day in Sault Ste. Marie. And the Blue Devils would win both those games, winning the first game 10 to nothing. Danica Bergeron pitching a one-hitter for the Blue Devils over five innings, striking out five and walking none for the shutout. Paris Kagaris, Hannah Maurer, Lucy Husky, and Gussie Smith had two hits each for the Blue Devils in game one. Blue Devils would win game two over Marquette 7-2. to Gabby Killips, she allowed just two runs on five hits over six innings, striking out nine and walking one. Haley O'Connor, she goes three for three for the for the Blue Devils, rather, who improved to nine, ten, and one on the season. And Suhai will be at Sheboygan on Friday and home to Brimley on Saturday at 1 p.m. at Losey Field. And you can hear both Saturday games over on our sister station, 1230 WSOO, with Dave Watson starting with the pregame show around 1250. High school baseball from this past week, last last Monday, the Rudyard Bulldogs would win a pair of games. Although I should say the Rudyard Bulldogs softball team, we'll get to the baseball team in a minute, Rudyard all over St. Ignace last night at home, uh, winning 21 to 12 and 21 to six Rudyard now four and 12 on the season. They'll be home for a conference doubleheader against Pickford on Thursday. High school baseball from this past week, Suhai and Rudyard split a baseball doubleheader last Monday. Rudyard won the first game 6-5 to five, as Brett Mayer would earn the win for the Bulldogs. Mayer would also finish with two hits for Rudyard in game one. And it was all Suhai in game two as they trounced the Bulldogs 20-1. to one. The Blue Devils, they pound out 19 runs in the first inning, ending that one very early. Rudyard, yep, Rudyard would bounce back nicely on Wednesday as they would sweep Manistique in a pair of games. Uh, they would beat the Emeralds in game one, eight to seven, while Rudyard would win game two, seven to one. In game two, Rudyard's Callan Lawler, he records the win, limiting the Emeralds to just three hits and one run over five innings. Rudyard would continue their winning ways on Thursday in high school baseball, a big sweep over a pretty good Roger City team. Roger City ranked number five in Division Four. Yet to lose until they ran into Rudyard and the Bulldogs. They poured it on, winning game one 11 to 1 and winning game two 10 to nothing. Suhai, they would sweep Pickford in high school baseball on Thursday. The Blue Devils would win game one 13 to 2 in five innings and then win game two 
in five innings, 11 to one. Ethan Chambers, he goes three for four in game two with two doubles and a single. He also would finish with five RBIs. Suhai on the road Friday, and they would win one game over Marquette, 17 to six. The second game was suspended due to some bad weather in the Marquette area. In the first game, the Blue Devils would get 14 hits. Ethan Chambers had three doubles and scored three runs, along with two RBIs leading the Suhai Blue Devils. Blue Devils will be at home on Friday against Marquette. You can hear both games over on 1230 WSOL. Pre-game show around 355, 4 o'clock as Dave Watson will be there for both those games. And yesterday, the Rudyard Bulldogs continued their winning ways, winning at game one over St. Ignace, 18 to nothing. Austin Warner for Rudyard would throw a three-inning perfect game. And in game two, it was all Rudyard. They scored 19 runs in the first inning and would go on to a 30-3 to win over St. Ignace. Rudyard now 12-6-1 overall. They'll play host to Pickford in a Straits Area Conference doubleheader starting Thursday at 4.15. Well, over the weekend, U.S. women's hockey Olympian Abby Rock, she made her first trip back home in 2022, and they had a nice ceremony for her, and she was given the key to the city of Sault Ste. Marie. And she joins a pretty illustrious list, Gene Simmons of KISS, and former Red Wings coach Jeff Blaschel. Those are the two that got the key to the city in honor of Miss Rock's silver medal at the Olympics, which were played a couple months ago. Rock also presented the city with a signed Olympic hockey jersey, and this jersey will be displayed at Polar Stadium, where, of course, she played high school hockey for the Sioux High Blue Devils. Pickford senior Kennedy Guild, she has signed with Aquinas College's women's basketball team for the upcoming year. As the 5'7 guard led the Panthers in scoring for four straight seasons and finished as Pickford's all-time girls basketball scoring leader with 1,355 points. So Kennedy Guild going to play her college basketball at Aquinas starting next year. Track and field from this past week, last Monday, the Suhai boys and girls both finished first at the Sheboygan Invitational Track Meet. The Sioux boys would gain 172 points while St. Ignace was second and Sheboygan was third. Sue Jr. Cody Aldrich, he won the 800 and the 1600. Nate Kep, Carter Oshelski, Alexander Jasek, and Logan Haskins, they would win the 800 relay. The Sioux girls also winning that meet, followed by St. Ignace and Sheboygan. Joanne Arbick, she wins the shot put and the discus. Event winners for the Blue Devil girls included Abigail Walter, in the 800, and Cassandra Gallagher in the 3,200. Isabella DeWilt, Mackenzie Bell, Bella Smith, and Jayla Jorgensen, they win the 400 relay, while Blair, Bell, rather, Claire Erickson, Smith, and Jorgensen also won the 800 relay. Allie Schultz of St. Ignace, she wins the 100 and the 200, while Brooklyn Tebow, she wins the pole vault, and Haley Dornbecker wins the long jump. Rudyard's Tristan Smith, she wins the 400 and the 1600, while Cheyenne Ballard, excuse me, was third in the long jump for Rudyard. Suhai would take part on a, in another track and field meet on Thursday at the East Jordan Invitational. Elk Rapids would win the girls' meet, followed by the Sioux. Suhai's junior Cassandra Gallagher would win the 3,200 on Thursday. 
Sheboygan would win the boys' meet, just edging out Suhai, who finished in second. Cody Aldridge would win the 3200 event that day, while Aldridge, David John Daly, Callie Jones, and Logan Haskins, they finished first in the 3200 relay. Suhai also winning the 400 relay on Thursday. Suhai is scheduled to compete in a Division I regional at Marquette this Thursday. St. Ignis, they are scheduled to run at the Newberry Elks Invitational tonight and will compete in a Division II regional at Gwynn, that one on May 20th. The Cedarville boys and Rudyard girls both winning titles at the Brimley Invitational track and field meet on Friday. Cedarville would take first in the boys meet with 116 points, followed by Rudyard and Brimley. Cedarville's Aiden Andres winning the 100 and the 400 along with the long jump. Haas Sweeney won the 800 and the 1600, while Alex Story takes first in the 110 and 300 hurdles. Michael Perkins would win the shot put. Rudyard's EJ Suggett, he would win the discus on Friday. Brimley's Parker Venan wins the 200, while Ben Smart, Ennis, Brendan Gross and Venan would win the 400 and the 800 relays for Brimley. And finally, Engadine's Conrad Spiles winning the 3200. Rudyard won the girls meet on Friday in Brimley with 102 points, followed by Brimley and Engadine. Rudyard's Tristan Smith, she continues to perform well. She wins the 400 and 1600, while Carly Mayer, she takes first in the 800. Alicia Cheney winning the long jump, and Cheyenne Ballard winning the 300 hurdles. Grace Hill of Brimley wins the shot put on Friday and the discus. Autumn Tremblay, she finishes first in the 100, while Vivian Carrick would win the 100 hurdles. Brimley's Elena Vandermeer, Tremblay, Carrick, and Liz Johnson would win the 400 relay. Leah French of Ingenine winning the 3200. And one more track and field meet from this past week was run in Munising on Friday as the Pickford Panther boys would win the Munising Lions Invitational. Panthers would win with 77 points in a 10-team meet, followed by Munising. Pickford's Hunter Hagen winning the 800 and the 3200, while Hayden Hagen would take first in the 1600 and 3200. Josh Sullivan won the 110 hurdles for Pickford, while Caden Aubrey winning the 300 hurdles. John Smith would finish first in the high jump. Eric Edwards of Newberry would win the shot put for the boys. Pickford girls finishing third in the meet. Bark River Harris would win, followed by Munising and Pickford. Pickford's Cadence Potizak would win the discus, while Lizzie Story tied for first in the pole vault. And Pickford will host a Division Three regional meet on Friday. We'll talk more about the Ontario Hockey League and the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League with Co-host David McKeg Jr. coming up here in about 10 minutes. The Hounds eliminated from the playoffs by the Flint Firebirds as the Firebirds would win at Game 5 in convincing fashion by the score of a 7-1. to So Flint advances to the Western Conference Finals, where they will take on Windsor. In the East, it's Hamilton taking on North Bay. And how about the Sioux Thunderbirds? Down three games to none against the Hearst Lumberjacks in the NOJHL Finals, and they storm back, winning four straight, including a 3-2 overtime victory last Thursday, as Captain Brock Santa Maria sends the Thunderbirds to their third ever national championship, the Centennial Cup, which will be held in Estevan, Saskatchewan, starting on Thursday. And the Thunderbirds' first opponent will be the Flynn Flom Bombers. I think I got that right. 
And we'll talk more about the NOJHL and the OHL with David McKay Jr. coming up. Well, we do have some Lake State hockey news as well as news from the CCHA. Over the past couple weeks, the CCHA announced the conference schedule for their eight-member clubs, and that includes, of course, Lake Superior State University. Lakers will have some games before these as far as non-conference. Those games have not been announced, but the Lakers will start CCHA play November 4th and 5th at home against Northern Michigan. They will travel to Michigan Tech on November 11th and 12th. They'll have a week off or play non-conference before traveling to St. Thomas on November 25th and 26th. In December, the Lakers will start at home against Bowling Green on December 2nd and 3rd. They'll be at Bemidji State December 9th and 10th. Home to Michigan Tech December 16th and 17th. The Lakers will take part in a holiday tournament in, I believe, Milwaukee, Wisconsin this year. So they'll have that to look forward to during the Christmas break. And then starting 2023, they'll be on the road at Bowling Green January 6th and 7th. Home to Ferris State, January 13th and 14th. They'll be at Minnesota State, January 20th and 21st. They'll be home to Bemidji State, January 27th and 28th. At Northern Michigan, February 3rd and 4th. They'll have a week off before playing their home finale, their regular season home finales, against St. Thomas on February 17th and 18th. And then the Lakers will travel to Ferris State to end the regular season on February 24th and 25th. The CCHA regular season will end on the 25th. The team earning the most points will be awarded the prestigious McNaughton Cup. Looking at the playoff format for next season, the top four teams following regular season action will host the opening round of the CCHA playoffs March 3rd and 5th with the winner of each best of three advancing to the league semifinals. And for the second consecutive year, both the semifinals and finals, which would be March 11th and March 18th, will be played as a single game at the respective campus sites of the highest-seeded team. And the famed Mason Cup will be presented to the CCHA playoff champions who receive an automatic qualification to the 16-team NCAA tournament. The NCAA tournament opens play March 23rd through the 26th regional sites this year, Allentown, Pennsylvania, Bridgeport, Connecticut, Fargo, North Dakota, and Manchester, New Hampshire. And this year's Frozen Four set to take place in Tampa on April 6th and the 8th. And it was announced earlier this afternoon that the Central Collegiate Hockey Association and their board of directors has voted unanimously, unanimously, easy for me to say, to welcome their ninth member, Augustana University. Can't say I was expecting that one. Located in the heart of Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Augustana University is home to five-team NCAA national champions while competing primarily in the Northern Sun Intercollegiate Conference, having won four national championships since 2010. The Vikings, that's their name, have shown a broad-based athletics excellence by finishing in the top 20 of the Division II Learfield Directors' Cup standings in eight of the last nine years. In October 2021, Augustana University officially broke ground on their future home to the Vikings men's hockey program, Midco Arena, 
a new state-of-the-art 3,000-plus seat hockey arena with multiple suites and other premium seating options, providing a first-class experience for both student-athletes and sports fans. Augustana University will be a full voting member immediately and begin a transitional schedule into the CCHA. They won't start next season. They'll start in the 2023-24 season. They'll play 16 games, one series against each member in both 23-24 and 24-25 before playing a full league schedule beginning with the 2025-26 season. So the CCHA adding Augustana University to the fold. When I did hear that they were adding another team immediately, it didn't go to Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Kind of went to Miami of Ohio or Western Michigan or maybe one of a a more established uh, teams. However, both those teams are in a very good conference, the NCHC. And so Augustana University joining the CCHA along with St. Thomas, Lake State, Michigan Tech, Northern Michigan, Bemidji, Minnesota State, Ferris State, and now Augustana College, the Vikings. You're going to have a battle of the Sioux versus Sioux. Sioux Falls, South Dakota versus Sioux St. Marie, Michigan. So very interesting announcement by the CCHA. Seems to me they maybe wanted to get this going a little too much, maybe too fast team that doesn't even exist really right now, but sounds like they got a good program there and certainly more teams in the league are good, but this is starting to feel kind of like the WCHA again without the Alaska teams in Alabama Huntsville. They kind of got left out of the equation once again, but we'll have to wait and see, but there's a long college hockey update and it's the end of May. We got a lot more to talk about. We're going to take a break. We come back. We will be joined by co-host David McKeg Jr from the Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario. He had a brand new show last night, Top Shelf, talking about the world of hockey, and we will talk to him about that coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. And welcome back to The Game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you. Joining us now, co-host of The Game here on News Talk 1400 and host of The Game Sports Show in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, along with other shows like Top Shelf. Brand new edition from last night uh, covering the world of the NHL and local hockey. David McKay Jr. joining us once again on The Game. Kegger, how are you doing on this Tuesday night, sir? Scotty, my friend, I am doing great. Uh, obviously, the best I can be, especially if you're a Leaf fan right now. Uh, I'm sure we'll dive into that criteria. But nonetheless, the sun is out. You know, uh, there's no more snow on the ground. It's time to look forward to summer. And you know what? I couldn't be happier. Everyone knows I love the hot weather, my friend. But how are you? I'm doing wonderful, Dave. And uh, certainly we have a big agenda to talk about. Let's start with the good and then the not so good and well the not so good again let's start with the Sioux Thunderbirds down three games to none against the Hearst Lumberjacks in the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League final and uh, as you called it on your show last night the Thunderbirds complete the reverse sweep as they win the last four games including game seven in overtime to advance to their third ever national championship which will be held in Estevan Saskatchewan later this week Dave, I know you're a proud alumnus of the Sioux Thunderbirds, and we knew they were a good team, but boy, falling down three games to none, and uh, not many teams in any sport come back from that deficit, and the Thunderbirds do. Uh, Your thoughts on that and uh, them advancing to the national championships? 
You know what, Scott? I was thinking before we went on air today, too, I was going to try to find the exact statistic. Maybe you know it, uh, but I was looking at some Thunderbird resources, but I was a little bit uh, not able to get that information before we came on for the recording. But I would be interested to know the stats of when somebody's been down 03 in the NOJHL, how many teams have come back, because you know what? You know what? Maybe it is happened more in the tier two junior level hockey than it would in the higher levels, if you will. But the Thunderbirds coming back from an 0-3 deficit against a team like the Hearst Lumberjacks, that is nothing to just bow your eye about or just to flip the page on, okay? That is impressive. Hearst is a very good hockey team, very deep hockey team, and the Thunderbirds showed why they were truly the better team. No offense to the Hearst Lumberjacks, but the Thunderbirds were favorites going in and even being down 3 nothing. They did not quit. They did not give up. They were relentless on trying to complete their goal and on the puck in the games. And, of course, they win in such amazing style, right? Like, you know, you're in your backyard or you're in your driveway as a kid. You picture getting that Game 7 win for the Stanley Cup for your favorite team. But to the overall that moment, to get the game winner in overtime, that moment lives with you for forever. And that will ever be one of the greatest moments with the Sioux Thunderbirds clinching the NOJHL championship. And they have won their pretty good amount of NOJHL championships, and they show why, because of consistently having good hockey teams, and this team was no different to teams in the past. But being down 0-3 in the finals and coming back to win against Hurst is not is not easy to do, okay? And as I said, I wish I knew the exact statistic, but for them to come back, it is a rarity to do so, but they did not give up. They played each game, took it one game at a time, and they were extremely impressive coming back to win. And like I said, Scott, the better team did come away in that series, in my opinion. Yeah, they certainly did, Dave. And another team that came away with a win uh, locally, uh, well, not a local team, the Flint Firebirds, uh, they knock out the Sioux Greyhounds in five games in their Western Conference semifinals. And, Dave, you know, the Hounds, a good season. I kind of think this is where I thought they would go. I thought they would probably get to the conference semifinals and uh, they did play well especially in the first few games in that series but Flint had the hot goaltender and then routed the Hounds at 7-1 in game five to advance to the Western Conference Finals where they will take on the Windsor Spitfires you have North Bay and Hamilton on the other side of the bracket but I know Hounds fans may be disappointed with the result but overall a good season for the Hounds and uh, lots coming back next year I think Hounds fans uh, despite the 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 loss to Flint uh, still got to be pretty good feel pretty good about this season. You know what the Hounds fans and I touched on this on top shelf. The fans of the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds just got to be proud of the consistent team that the Greyhounds have been putting on the ice for over the past decade. All right, and that's where it branches from when Kyle Dubas was here, and now you have Raftis, and uh, it went through different coaches, obviously. Uh, but you have a team that has done well over the last decade. You know consistently making the playoffs, icing an exciting hockey team. And, yes, they made some moves this year, bringing in some veteran guys from Sudbury and the moves they made at the deadline, respectively, to maybe try to make that run and take that next step and maybe be a little diamond in the rough team to try to get to the finals of the OHL championship. But, as you said, this was a very realistic uh, uh, amount that they would get to in the playoffs, getting to the second round. That is something they should be proud of. And Flint is a good hockey team. They've proven it the entire season. 
They proved it in this series. And the Hounds, to the exception of Game 5, as you stated, were in most games. And, yeah, getting into most games doesn't show a win. It doesn't mean that you were you were close or that you were standing a chance. At the end of the day, you have the L in your column still and you lose the series. Yes, I get that. But there are building blocks that they really had occur during this postseason. And, yes, they had overagers. And as I mentioned a few moments ago, brought in and made trades for some veteran hockey players, moved out some younger guys. But the Hounds have a lot of returning guys next year. And this is an organization that has had the repeat on when it comes to playing consistent hockey in terms of a full season. If it is to get into the postseason topper team or if they're at the more near the bottom of a seed, they have found a way to battle and get to where the goal is. And that is the postseason. The ultimate goal is to win the championship, obviously. But that was a lot of teams' goals this year, and Flint is one of them. And Flint is a favorite for a reason. I think the Windsor-Flint series is going to be a dandy of a series. I do give the edge to Flint, rightfully so, because of just being able to watch them with a closer eye uh, in these last five games. But as you said, the Hound fans, you know, should they be proud? 100% they should be proud. And, yes, they should be proud because of what they've been able to ice, not just for the past decade this year. They did give us something to cheer about. And let's not forget, we haven't had consistent hockey watching in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario because of COVID-19. So this year we saw more improvement on that. The fans were able to get back into the building. And the Greyhounds iced a product that was excited, exciting sorry, to watch and that fans got look, looked forward to, to watching. And it's only going to continue further from here. Next year, I anticipate them to be an even stronger hockey team. I'm excited to see what they do in the off season if anything occurs or what they try to ice in terms of when the uh, training camp starts next year. But they have stuff to build off this year, and they proved why uh, that they were not a joke during the regular season. They were exciting to watch, and they did stick with the best and the top and the top teams. And Flint is one of those top teams. But Holland fans, if you're criticizing that they could have did better, should have did better, sure. There's a lot of teams that are out right now that should have did better. And both the OHL, AHL, NHL doesn't really matter what level. Overall, Flint is truly was the better team in this series, even going into it. And Hounds fans should be happy about what's being iced, uh, just not only for the past decade, but this year. They played hard and they battled hard. And uh, definitely a stand ovation, uh, I guess an invisible stand ovation from my end in the game sports show uh, with um, the Sioux Greyhounds this season. David McKay Jr. joining us on the game. And Dave, uh, certainly uh, you talked a lot about the NHL playoffs on Top Shelf, which you can find at thegamesportshow.com from last night. Butch and I are going to talk more about the NHL playoffs coming up here in a moment. But I was a little surprised uh, by your commentary on the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, again falling in the playoffs in a very hard-fought seven-game series against the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Lightning, two-time defending champs, advanced to take on Florida starting tonight. And uh, announced earlier this afternoon, uh, team president Brendan Shanahan did confirm, as you said on your show last night, that uh, general manager Kyle Dubas and head coach Sheldon Keith will be back for next season. So, Dave, uh, give us a little bit uh, maybe less uh, wordy rundown as far as uh, your thoughts as a Maple Leafs fan and, of course, a sports commentator on this show and your own show with the Maple Leafs performance. Certainly lots of disappointment for Toronto fans, but there is a pretty strong nucleus coming back. Uh, Certainly there will be some changes as far as uh, contracts and uh, possible trades, but just overall, Dave, uh, give our listeners your thoughts on the Maple Leafs' uh, lack of playoff success this season and uh, moving forward, what's ahead for the Leafs? 
you know, honestly, and you put a good term there, less wordy. You know, when I did Top Shelf last night, I was solo on it. And I find that it is easier when I have co-hosts with me because I feel like the time management is a lot better. I find when it's just me, I do end up, and surprising to everybody, I'm sure, that I do ramble off into different uh, scenarios. And as I called it yesterday, I went into overtime in Top Shelf, a 27-minute overtime period, if you will. Uh, almost two overtime periods equivalent to the NHL. It's a complete Top Shelf on my end uh, before the overtime winner was scored. But jokes aside, I went into a lot there on Top Shelf with Toronto. And I think you bring up a good point about – how you're surprised with how my reaction was in previous years, right? My reaction has been either disgusted, surprised, upset, sad. Last year was angered, um, is a way to put it lightly, embarrassed. A lot of different words that I'd like to use uh, for the Toronto Maple Leafs performance in the past five plus years when it comes to the first round. But at the end of the day, I said this, and I'll talk about the playoff series uh, first with the Tampa Bay Lightning, uh, that they played hard. I, I seriously have no complaints about that series. Uh, there are some plays, not, not full players, plays by specific players that caused some obvious unfortunate turn of events, such as penalties. Uh, obviously, I've uh, been pretty vocal about how I feel about Justin Hall. On Toronto, I guess there's always one person that, speaking as a fan right now, uh, that I've been a little bit more critical of. You know, and honestly, this, there's been a lot of question marks about the referee in, in that series. And I talked about it on that edition of Top Shelf yesterday that there are referees from game four and referees in general in that series that are not continuing in the postseason, uh, for different rounds in round two, three, and four because of their performance as referees. And of course, I'm not blaming the referees for the loss. Truly, it is the way of the game. That's the way it goes. Yes, Toronto could have been more disciplined. And yes, the refs could have been a bit more consistent, which was my biggest argument, is I just want consistent refereeing, and it wasn't happening. Just the unfortunate side, the inconsistent refereeing was happening uh, when the Toronto Maple Leafs were playing the Tampa in this first-round series. And as I said just a few moments ago, Toronto in this first round, I have no complaints about how they played. And if you're a fan of Toronto, you should be... Not happy about the outcome. It's very sad. It's unfortunate. I still feel the pain. I get that feeling in my gut, my stomach, where it's, you know, it's surreal. It's it's unfortunate because I think this was a very special team. And as you and I, Scott, talked about off air through text message, especially if Toronto gets past the first round, watch out. And they they didn't. And Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay did. And I said on my show yesterday for the Top Shelf Edition, Tampa Bay, watch out. The winner of that series, Toronto and Tampa, is the team that's going to the conference finals. Despite how I'm training for Florida for the rest of the way, realistically, and no, yeah, I may come to a surprise, I'm not training for the Canadian teams. If I am looking on Canadian team, I am leaning towards either Edmonton or Calgary, of course, because the only two left. But going back to Toronto, I'm talking about the Eastern Conference in general that I am training for Florida over Tampa Bay. But realistically, Tampa just looks really special. They're really deep. The bottom six forwards came out to play, and they not that they outplayed Toronto's bottom six by any means, but they did when the time mattered. Look at Nick Paul. Look at some of the players that stepped up when the occasion mattered. Jack Campbell, I have no issue with. Any player, I have no issue with. Tampa Bay Lightning, no players were were of any of any kind of uh, like stood out in a negative way. Heck, Braden Point tried to stay in the game for Game 7. That that series, honestly, I, I really feel that when it comes to the Toronto Maple Leafs overall, they played 
exceptionally well in this series. And I, as I mentioned, no complaints on this end about them. I think if you're looking at improvements, I said on the show yesterday on Top Shelf, Keith and Dubas are going to return. That happened. I guess my crystal ball was working yesterday. And the changes they're going to make, there's the expiring contracts going to focus on. Spencer, Giordano, Mikhaev, RFA, such as Lilligren, Sandine. As much as uh, Mikhaev, I'd like to come back, he is going to be too expensive, in my opinion. Lilligren and Sandine will be very affordable. I think Spencer takes a league minimum, comes back as a 13th, 14th forward. And then Giordano, I think you could probably re-sign him affordable as well, looking about $2 million or less. You know, he's getting older. He wants to win. I'm sure he understands. He can be that veteran presence on that third pairing. He was effective when he was there. And Peter Mrazek, I, fo- I hope for goodness sake uh, Dubas finds a way to, you know, work some magic to trade him. Or if it is going to be that Peter Mrazek is bought out and there is a very affordable buyout penalty for that as well. So there's going to be movement. Don't get me wrong, but the core shakeup, they don't need to make. I know everyone looks at William Nienander saying that he's soft. And, yes, watching that last two minutes of the game, I didn't see Willie go in the corner and be aggressive, but Willie had, an, had a career year. Tavares did well in this series. Like I said, no player was outside of anything sticking out in a negative. Toronto really tried hard and gave it every game. It is just the, the, the turn of events or it's just the outcome that is not sitting right with me. They deserved better. I thought they could have gotten better, and unfortunately they didn't. And Tampa Bay won, and now it's just back to the drawing board. And, yes, last year said I was done. Here was fantastic by the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. Okay, and for changes, changes will be made. And at the end of the day, I don't think the core is going to be shaken up. But Tubas is going to be able to spend some money and make some moves that are necessary. I think Toronto goes all the way next year. Early prediction from me. Dave, uh, we only have a few minutes left. Uh, real quick on the Jays, uh, 19 and 17, uh, quite a ways back of the New York Yankees who are running away with it right now. But just overall, uh, not a great start for the Jays, not a terrible start. In my opinion, somewhere in the middle. What are your thoughts? Honestly, I, I think the Blue Jays have had a slow start, but there's 162 games in the series, in the season. The thing that I've seen is the bats haven't been consistent all year. They've, they've won a lot of games by one. Vlad's been getting hitting bombs. He only has seven home runs up to this point. I say only because, you know, the home runs are the runs are a little bit down. But overall, the Blue Jays are still a very good ball team. Okay, they're very deep. The pitching has been improving. The bullpen has been okay. I'm not a fan of Julian Merriweather. There's always one person on Toronto that I feel that I pick on each sports team that there is between NHL, NBA, MLB. But there is not going to be a perfect team, perfect dynamic. Everyone's different in their own role. And the bats are going to get hot. They got hot last year when it mattered. It was too late. But this is still a team that is going to be effective. And team, if not be an effective team in the in the postseason when they do get there. And honestly, I think that when I look at the the Toronto Blue Jays, you know, and Vigio, there's a guy who has been cold this year, sent down so he can get a bats in the AAA level. There's a guy that should be an everyday MLB player. Manoa has been effective. Gosman's been an absolute god on the mound. There has been a lot of positives with this team. The Yankees also, they've played the Baltimore Orioles a lot this year. And yes, Baltimore's played actually decent baseball, but they're more of a bottom team in that division. And you give Toronto some more of these quote-unquote easier type games, I think they'd be a little bit closer in the standings of what they are. The, the start of the season has been difficult for Toronto, and they haven't been able to rise to the occasion to other good competing teams, which is concerning. But overall, Jays fans should not be concerned. The Jays will get, find their identity. 
And and honestly, the Blue Jays will find a way to get that success that they need. And I think are they two pieces away? Maybe, but I think they've added what they need to, and I think they just need to ride this through. Get as I said, find their identity and find their bats, and then you'll really see what this Blue Jay team is made of. Dave, before we let you go, I mentioned a brand new edition of Top Shelf from last night covering the world of hockey. I know you have some other shows coming up this week. Give our listeners a preview. Absolutely. You know, we, we had to delay, uh, Strike Zone this week. Sorry, I forgot which one because we have a lot on the queue, uh, because of some scheduling conflicts, but we do plan to have that within the next week. But upcoming before, prior to that, we will have an In the Pocket episode this week, a little bonus off-season edition of In the Pocket, uh, recapping the draft, some off-season movement and getting some reaction. There's also some local football happening in Sault Ste. Marie that are getting back at it, so we're going to make sure we dive into that. And we will have a special edition upload this week. Uh, that is with Jay Rosehill, former Toronto Maple Leaf, Philadelphia Flyer, NHL enforcer, and heck, what an interview. The guy had amazing stories. And yes, it was recorded late last summer. There's a little bit of a delay on the upload because of all the other recordings that we had uh, that we had to put ahead of that one. Uh, but Jay Rosehill's uh, interview is going to be certainly spectacular to listen to. You're going to be able to listen to it on YouTube and all of the, co- uh, the podcasts podcast platforms that we are currently on, including our website as well, Facebook and Instagram. You can check us out on there, too, to get directed to all the links that you need. So two more shows in queue for the next handful of days, and within the next week, we'll have a baseball episode as well. So lots of content coming, Scott. There never is. And again, you can find all those shows on the website, thegamesportshow.com. David Cake Jr. joining us on the game. Dave, appreciate you taking time out for joining us, and we'll talk to you next Tuesday night for our next edition of The Game, sir. Sounds good, Scotty. And as I said, I can't wait to get across the border. It's uh, It can start being that time very shortly, my friends. Looking forward to seeing you soon. And also, listeners, make sure you hit like, follow, and subscribe on all the Game Sports Show and Game Entertainment Media platforms. We appreciate the support. Yes, we do indeed. We're going to take a break. We come back. We'll be joined by co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports, all coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. 648 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you and joining us now, co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Brand new edition of Butch on Sports from this past Sunday, available on his website. Just go to simplybutch2, that's T-O-O dot podomatic dot com. You can also find Butch on Sports on Facebook. Just look up Butch on Sports and give him a like or two. Or you can hear Butch on Sports on our podcast site thegamesportshow.podbean.com as Butch joins us each and every week to talk about what's going on not just in the Metro Detroit sports world but the sports world in general and Butch, uh, wind chill here in Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan currently 42 degrees I know it's not uh, very warm down in Detroit but it's got to be warmer than that and how are you doing, sir? Hey, Chris, 70 degrees oh, down man, here Oh man, come on <laughs> Uh, it, it'll come there sooner or later, and this is Michigan, boys and girls. Yep, if you don't like the weather, Butch, what do they say? Just drive 10 miles or wait 5 minutes. Either way, you'll get your way. 
I moved to Alaska. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, Butch, uh, we got a lot to cover here tonight, and so uh, you and I are going to man the show, so to speak, for the next hour and ten minutes. So let's start with the Detroit Tigers. Uh, the Tigers, uh, following a similar script to the one that played out last season where they got off to a bad start, and the Tigers, after stumbling to a 9-23 and start and listening to your show from the weekend, that's their, I believe, their third worst in over a century since 1901. However, in the last four games, the Tigers have four wins, including a three-game sweep at home over the Baltimore Orioles this past weekend. And then last night, as the Tigers start their nine-game road trip, they won at Tampa 3-2. to Harold Castro, homering home in the top of the ninth inning to lift the Tigers to the win. The Tigers currently underway in Tampa tonight. They'll play one more before moving to Cleveland for a weekend set. The Tigers still have the worst record in the American League at 13-12. and 23, eight games back of the first place Minnesota Twins. And so, Butch, if we would have had a show last week, we'd be talking a lot, a lot about how bad the Tigers have been. And they have been this season, but positive signs at least the last four games. Uh, your thoughts on the Detroit Tigers? My thoughts was on Thursday, uh, A.J. Hinch had a come to Jesus meeting with his club there. And he seemed pretty upbeat when he was doing the pregame uh, interviews on Friday there. And, well, he should because, again, the Tigers have not lost from that point on there. Um, they're getting timely hitting. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, what can you say about this guy, the oldest guy on the team, but yet and still he's still hitting like he's a 23-year-older and knocking in runs, doing his thing, and hopefully now is in – inspiring others to do a job. Um, Castro, Harold Castro is doing a fantastic job of getting good hits and in timely situations there. And uh, the pitching has been a lot better, especially uh, Terrence Scrubo there, who's basically uh, doing his thing left and right for 13 innings. This man has not been scored on there. So hopefully he can keep that good feeling going with the Tigers up. Uh, on a winning streak. Yeah, you mentioned some of the uh, good things uh, before we get to some of the not-so-good things, sure. Butch. Uh, you, you mentioned Scooble. I mean, he was solid uh, over his last two starts on Sunday. Six innings, 11 strikeouts. As you mentioned, he hasn't allowed a run in 13 innings. And, yeah, what can you say about Mikel Cabrera now starting to get the home run power back a little bit, uh, knocking in a pair. He's hitting over 300. Uh, you know, you mentioned uh, Harold Castro and Willie Castro, uh, two players batting above 300 and you know defense you know that's been a real Achilles heel for the Tigers uh, for the majority of the season and you saw over the weekend and then last night you know how important is defense and good defense in baseball not a lot of teams that have bad defense are going to have a lot of success and certainly with the starting pitching looking better Tigers starting to get timely hitting Uh, this is a big early road trip in my opinion for the Tigers Butch I mean yes it's a long season but they're already at 10 games uh, below 500. So to me, the Tigers got to start winning series if they're going to get back into it, and they're off to a good start this week. Uh, true enough, uh, Scott. You, you got to do it. They got 80% more of their games left to play there. So there's plenty ways to get to get started. You think of the Boston Celtics and what they did after uh, uh, half the season there yeah. and then pulled on up and 
they're doing damage about everybody they see there. But the Tigers can have that same old feeling there. Uh, you know, we came out this year saying the Tigers should be a way better team. And, and Alex Avila, uh, came on out and said, basically, we are a playoff contending team. I don't see that right now, but again, yeah. the Tigers, as you say, got to put together some serious wins there in order to be in co- competitive uh, nature with all every, everybody else that they're going to be playing now there. It, it's, it's very tight, but again, I think the most important thing that you did mention is, is the defense has to get a lot better than what it is there. It is not a very good defensive team as far as I see that I expected a lot more from the Tigers uh, at the beginning of the season. And Butch, the not so good things to me, uh, obviously injuries, which a lot of times you can't control, but you know, you have several players and you know, we're in the middle of May now. So we've had over a month of the regular season and just looking at some of the batting averages for a lot of players that start and play a majority of the games, Spencer Torkelson, he's struggling right now, batting just 153, Jonathan Shoup, 162, and you have several regulars right around the 200 mark, including Jaime Candeloro, Robbie Grossman, and Javi Baez. Now, you can say, you know, weather has played a part in that, but, you know, you're starting to get where weather isn't as much a factor. You got five guys that are in your lineup a lot, and they're barely batting above 200 and several batting below uh, 200. Uh, That has to be a pretty big concern for the Tigers right now. Well, the old super chicken... Uh, nature here comes to play. You knew the job was hard when you took it. Here, right. You know? <laughs> it's, 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 that's true with the Detroit Tigers and, and the way they're playing right now there. Those key players that you just mentioned, that the Tigers did expect a whole heck of a lot more from them. They're, they're not pulling their weight. Jonathan Shoup, uh, he's going to get better. I do believe in that there. Torkelson is you know, what's saving him right now is his defensive play there right. at first base. He's that's keeping him in the lineup per se there and not getting the uh, the old um <laughs> administration wild up where they send him down to Toledo or something there. But again, I think they're gonna stick with him. Uh, I think a lot of Tigers right now in their injury roles are Austin Meadows, he's out of yep. the with vertigo there. You got uh, Pineda, he's messed up there with his middle finger there. He don't need surgery on it, per se, but again, he's going to be out for a considerable period of time. And Victor Reyes, just cutting off the the, uh, injury list on Sunday, and would have had a triple if he could run, okay? But again, he got slowed down, and the other um, particular injury is going to spend three weeks in getting his uh, healing this right quad now here and you know injuries is a major portion of of anybody's game when you're not healthy in there and right now the tigers are getting hit from left and right when it comes down to injuries per se with their team butch before we go to our top of the hour break uh, is there pressure right now on general manager al avila you know this he's been around for a while now i believe he's been in charge for about seven or eight years and reading some of the detroit publications uh certainly a lot of fingers pointing at him as the general manager if this tiger season continues to go south or to continue to unravel is, is there pressure on the organization to potentially make a move there in your opinion 
I don't think they'll let him go this year or maybe the year following, okay? Alabama, when they got him there, it was about retooling the team, period, because a lot of our good doggone players that we had drafted and went to other teams that reaped the benefits there. And we had gotten rid of a whole heck of a lot, just dumping good players in other teams' lap there. Avila was uh, was the savior that's supposed to be uh, rebuilding this team left and right. And, yes, uh, there are going to be some finger-pointing there, and I'm quite sure Al Avila and also A.J. Henson got together and said, hey, look, how do we fix this? And, again, uh, I do believe it was a coming-to-Jesus meeting on Thursday that got the Tigers rattled enough to, to play some decent baseball. And four games in a row is not bad for where they started this season. Yes. But again, that gotta be that gotta be continued to do some great playing there. And some players that you mentioned again who are below two hundred in batting average there, they gotta get their stuff together there. They they know what their job is pertaining to this team. They gotta perform, or else the Tigers, yes, again, is gonna have to make some moves in order to fix this stuff here. Boys, we're going to take a quick one-minute break for the top of the hour. When you and I come back, we'll go around the major leagues and look at the standings and some of the teams that are performing well and some of those that are not, and as well, the Pistons, the Red Wings, the Lions, and a bunch more. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Are you looking to get fit or maybe just stay in shape? The All-in-One Fitness Club can help you with all your fitness wants and needs. Their great facility is fully equipped with locker rooms, saunas, and the best cardio equipment, along with the best plate-loaded and cable equipment around. The All-in-One Fitness Club also offers great deals for seniors, students, state, and federal employees, all with no yearly contract and no hidden fees. Wow! Come join today upstairs at the Big Bear Arena, where you'll achieve all your fitness goals. For more information on ours and more, go to Sutra. TribeHealth.com. Are you a do-it-yourself or homeowner or even a professional contractor and need quality electrical supplies? Maybe thinking about doing some upgrades and don't know where to start. Everything Electric has supplied the Eastern Upper Peninsula for over 40 years. Their experienced staff can help you choose the right supplies you need for your home business, farm projects, or anything in between. Call 906-632-1235 or come in and talk to the experienced guys at Everything Electric. 2893 Ashman, Sioux, Michigan. Let's get to the second half of the game on News Talk 1400 WKNW, Sioux Ste. Marie. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason. And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Just a programming note, our show will continue to be on Tuesday for the next two weeks into May. And then uh, starting in June, we'll be back to our usual Monday night slot as uh, scheduling conflicts, as Butch put it on his show, I thought was a pretty good way to say it. We're trying to get the show on every week. And last week, unfortunately, the uh, the canvassing board had me uh, counting ballots and all that good stuff. So we had to be there last week, but we will be back for the next two Tuesdays in the next two weeks and then back to our Monday night slot starting in June. Butch, uh, before we get to the NBA and any 
NHL. Uh, let's look around at Major League Baseball and the standings. Boy, New York Yankees off to a very good start this season. 26-9, and nine, five and a half games over the Tampa Bay Rays, seven and a half over Toronto. And Boston very much struggling at 14 and 21 in the AL Central, Minnesota, with a two and a half game lead over the Chicago White Sox, three and a half up on Cleveland. Real good race in the AL West, Houston and the LA Angels currently locked in a first place tie with Seattle and Texas. Seven games back in the National League, Mets continue to play well. They're five and a half up on the Phillies, six and a half up on the Mariners or the Marlins, excuse me. NL Central, Milwaukee with a three game lead over St. Louis and the NL West. Very competitive. Uh, all five teams either above or near 500. The Dodgers currently with a half game lead over San Diego. San Francisco a game and a half back with Arizona and Colorado five games back. So Butch, we're into mid-May and certainly lots of baseball to be played, but uh, some of your thoughts on how some of those teams are doing and how the races are shaping up. I've been getting a huge laugh at people Right now, I'm looking at Cincinnati there, oh. although they're 9-26. and 26. Really bad team there. How they, uh, you know, they say the owner is trying to, it reminds me of the, the movie Major League. Yes, yes, you it know, does. It, Same you state. Know, how are they going to really get the team ripped up apart where they can move the team somewhere else? And I think it's really leaking off uh, a lot of fans in Cincinnati, per se, there. But let's talk about winning there. You talk about the West and the National League first and foremost there. St. Louis in the Central, uh, not a bad team, per se. They're going to get better. Milwaukee is doing their thing. In, in generous there, the Mets, how can I say it? The Mets are doing good, although the Philadelphia Phillies are under 500. They're in second place. (laughs) Can you believe that there? The Yankees are doing great. Two teams in New York doing excellent there. That ought to be the wars going on in that particular city there. Um, Tampa Bay, not a bad team. The Tigers beating up on a good team. If they beat them tonight, they'll be uh, really uh, cutting stones on that. Toronto's doing pretty doggone good. Boston... You know, I can't believe that they're going to stay where they're at, you know, for the remaining of the year there, okay? Uh, they're tied with Baltimore, per se, by some percentage points there. They're a little bit ahead there. Minnesota and Chicago is finally now getting their wings uh, upon them. They were the pick in the uh, AL Central. Ah, we already talked about the Tigers, and I do believe Cleveland's a better team than people give them credit for there. Houston. Ah, They're man, hot. <laughs> what can I say about that particular team? Uh, they just don't miss a beat right now there. And all those trades and they're missing all those people through free agency, but yet still, they're still doing their thing and doing a pretty fantastic job. The Angels of Los Angeles there. Come on now. Watch out. You know, Watch out. Oh, man. Seattle is going to be a better team than a lot of people give them credit for right now. They're 16-20, but I think they're going to move on up a great deal. Texas right now, I'm not putting them out, there, out, there, out, out in the ringer there, but, again, I think they're a better team than what it is. And Oakland, of course, they're going through their trials and tribulations there. Um, 
they'll get better than worse. They're doing a fantastic job at home, losing 13 games out of the 18 they played. You know, that's you know that's not going to bring bells too much in Oakland. But again, who's watching them in the first place? There, um, you know, it's, it's early. Like I said, it's about 80 percent or 79 yep. percent of the team. Got remaining games in this league there, so a lot can change in a in a brief moment if somebody gets very very hot, such as Houston did in in their particular division, and and doing very very well. Yeah, but just a couple of my own thoughts. Uh, I just think the races in both the NL West and the AL West are are going to be just red hot this year. You mentioned Houston. You know they started the season eleven and eleven. They did have their 11-game winning streak snapped on Saturday, but did win on Sunday. So the Astros are 12-1. And, one. and uh, boy, this Angels team, I mean, you look at this 1-2-3 punch they got going right now. You have Taylor Ward, who's batting three eighty five. You have Mike Trout and Shanae Otani. You talk about a 1-2-3 punch. They're going to put up a lot of runs, and that's going to be a very fun race. Uh, we're kind of waiting for the New York Yankees to get things right. And granted, it's very early, but, you know, this team, right now they have the major league best uh, era under three at 2.74 and nestor cortez he has an al leading 1.35 era had another great start against the white Sox. so uh you know the, with the new york teams doing well the los angeles teams doing well certainly the big markets and the uh the media conglomerates are liking that because big markets mean big ratings but a lot of baseball to be played and, and butch i gotta say you mentioned the the cincinnati Reds, uh, they were just the sixth team in Major League history over this past weekend to throw a no-hitter and lose. They lost a no-hitter. I mean, what more can happen to Cincinnati? I think you nailed it on the head with Major League. It's the same state of Ohio, unfortunately. For Cincinnati, it looks like uh, th- that is coming to Cincinnati, unlike Cleveland in the movie. It's just a, it's a disaster for that franchise right now. That's that sucks there, but if they get one of them uh, portraits or something of the owner or something, and you know, start stripping off his clothes or whatever. <laughs> Butch, let's move on to the NBA. We didn't get a chance to talk about this. It happened last Tuesday. Uh, Former Piston great Bob Lanier died at the age of 73 after a battle with a short illness, and he leaves behind a legacy as one of the most important figures in Pistons lore and NBA history. Uh, Lanier was one of the league's greatest big men. He made eight all-star teams during his 14-year career from 1970 to 1984 and is among the Pistons all-time leaders in several categories including points per game blocks per game and rebounds Uh, Lanier was respected as a loyal friend off the court for his tireless work as president of the National Basketball Players Association and for his efforts in the community he was president of the M. NBPA from 1980 to 1985. He helped uh, negotiate the league's first collective bargaining agreement, which introduced the salary cap. Lanier was the number one pick overall in 1970 out of St. Bonaventure. Injuries plagued his career, but it didn't stop him from emerging as one of the franchise's first superstars in some pretty dark times for the Detroit Pistons. Uh, Butch, uh, Bob Lanier, certainly one of the all-time greats for the Detroit Pistons, and certainly he will be missed but never forgotten. No, he won't be. Uh, Like I said, that was one of my first actual real stars as growing up as a kid that I got to meet in person. And like I said, 
it was, you know, it was, I was meeting my mom. I had a half a day at school, and I drove the, the bus downtown to meet her there. And the same building, I did not know. Of course, I didn't know too much at that time as a kid here, man, by the, the Chase girls and stuff here. That <laughs> <laughs> <Atta> a boy. <laughs> Uh, tonight, uh, right after our show, the most dramatic and franchise changing 15 minutes in television, at least for the NBA. The NBA draft lottery selection takes place tonight, where 14 draft slots will be decided in Chicago for the NBA draft. June 23rd in Brooklyn, uh, the Pistons winning last year's uh, number one pick, and well, they have a pretty good shot to win tonight's number one pick. Uh, Houston, Orlando, and Detroit each have a 14 percent chance to win the lottery and the number one overall pick. Uh, looking at the Pistons odds at each pick, they have a 40% chance to pick in the top three. Uh, they have a 13% chance to get number two, 12% chance to get number three, 12% chance to get number four, 14% chance to get number five, 26% chance to get number six, 
and 7% chance to get number seven. So the Pistons had Lady Luck on their side last year, Butch, where they drafted Cade Cunningham, and certainly uh, there are some prospects out there that certainly would uh, fit well with the Detroit Pistons, but they're hoping for Lady Luck tonight. Uh, I know I'll be watching after the show. How about you? Well, I probably will, you know. What, what, what do you have to lose, okay? <laughs> you know, you're not betting on anything. Right, you know, but, right. You know, once the Pistons get that particular pick, what are they going to do with exactly. it? Exactly. What are they going to do to make their team a lot better? And last year was a joke here, you know, as far as many of us were concerned, because Although they got Cunningham, Cunningham wasn't the savior of the masses for the Pistons last year there. And many of the players they have on the team wasn't doing up to snuff either here. So this is going to be pretty doggone weird there to see the Pistons maybe get a number one pick and find out whether they're actually really going to do with it there because there's talent out there. Will they hold that pick and get somebody very young that can come in immediately and give dividends to the Pistons? Or will they take that pick or whatever they get? It may be the number three pick or number two pick. How will they use it in order to improve the team? Yeah, the top three uh, consensus prospects, all power forwards, all freshmen, and Gonzaga's Chet Holmgren. Auburn's Jamari Smith Jr. and Duke's Paulo Banchero, along with Purdue guard Jaden Ivey. They seem to be the top four prospects, but again, we'll have to see and wait and see. I should say what happens with the lottery tonight and the NBA draft coming up in late June. But we're going to take a quick break. When you and I come back, we got to talk NBA playoffs as the Eastern Conference Finals will begin tonight. The Western Conference Finals will begin tomorrow. We'll talk about the previous series and look ahead to the upcoming Conference Finals. All coming up on the the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Ah, the joys of cooking. Just find a recipe, get the ingredients, preheat the oven. <laughs> okay, this is already too much. Pull up Applebee's to go instead. Choose from the whole menu, order and pay online, pick it up, and now you're home with dinner. Ah, the joys of not cooking. Applebee's to go. Now that's eating good in the neighborhood. Pick up your next meal with Applebee's Car Side to Go. Order and pay online, pick up, and head home. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Madigan Pingator, your independent auto owner's agency on West Water Street in the Sioux. Paul Thompson here with Gaylor Thompson Sales and Service, just off I-75 and Roger, inviting you to stop in and see the largest selection of equipment in the eastern Upper Peninsula. To complement our full line of Mahinder tractors, we have trailers including goosenecks, dumps, cargos, car haulers, and utility trailers. We also have a full line of lawn and garden equipment with Cub Cadet and Exmark. Over 50 mowers to choose from, a full line of parts, and we service what we sell. Looking for an outdoor wood or pellet furnace or parts? We stock water pumps, exchangers, pec supplies, and more. Also, 
check out our full line of Boss and Fisher snow and ice equipment. Here at Gaylor Thompson and Rudyard, we are open Monday through Friday, 8 to 5, and Saturdays, 9 to noon, for your convenience. Just off I-75 in Rudyard, 30 minutes from the bridge. If you need it, we have it. Give us a call at 906-478-3026. Hope to see you here. Now featuring aluminum trailers from Sport LLC. Hurry in. These trailers are moving fast. Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on News Talk 1400. 717 on the game, News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, there are four teams left standing in the 2022 NBA playoffs after the Milwaukee Bucks and Phoenix Suns. Last year's NBA finalists were knocked out in Game 7s on the same day. The 2021-22 season, one step closer to crowning a new champion. Uh, The Boston Celtics uh, overcame a very good series performance by Giannis to reach the Eastern Conference Finals. Meeting them will be the top-seeded Miami Heat, who toppled the Philadelphia 76ers in six games. Game one tonight in Miami at 8.30. And the Dallas Mavericks used one of the biggest playoff blowouts in history to stun the NBA best Phoenix Phoenix Suns in Game Seven, sending up a showdown with the Golden State Warriors, who dispensed of Memphis in six games. Game one of the Western Conference Final will be tomorrow night. So, Butch, uh, two teams that are very familiar being in Conference Finals, Miami and Boston starting tonight. You got Jimmy Butler, Jason Tatum, and a cast of thousands. And then the Western Conference Finals tomorrow night, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, and cast against Luka Doncic and the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, your thoughts on those two series and well, what happened in uh, well, a lot of uh, good uh, long series in the previous round. I'm going to reserve my, my talk on Phoenix in a few minutes, but mm-hmm. Boston's going to have Smart and Hofer. They're going to miss game one. That's big. Oh, that is huge. And I don't know what Boston's going to do, but maybe this might be a ploy to, uh, to kind of trick the heat and get in a, in a, in a mood that maybe they might end up losing the game or something. I don't know that, but uh, the best team out there right now in it, they're the Phoenix Suns. I don't know what to say about that particular. Most people say they're on the take. Wow. You know, it sure looked like it. They got beat up by Dallas the other night there was just totally absurd there. I mean, none of the Phoenix Suns. None of them. I'm, we're, we're trying to find out was there a party the night before or something. Must have been. Or did somebody put something in the orange juice or whatever <laughs> it may be, but none of them. And then the after effect of, uh, of the center for the Phoenix Sun and the coach, Monty Williams, um, that has been playing out very, very bad. But, again, Dallas and the Warriors – that might be more competitive than what, you know, people think there. I know that a lot of people got their their dollar bills on the Warriors there, but watch out for Dallas there. Uh, they're playing some incredible basketball right now there. I mean, they got more than one player uh, making contributions there, and that's what you need against somebody like uh, the Warriors there who basically have a, a good – three or four good players out there who can do the job and do it very consistently there. So this is going to be maybe something to watch, but again, uh, 
people who are, were in the betting stage of, of looking at uh, some teams uh, that are not there anymore, uh, good luck on that there. You know, I, just, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I'm on time out on my sports betting currently, Butch, so you don't have to worry about me placing any wagers. But uh, it, it is. You got that right. You got that right. But, you know, going back to just this weekend, we're going to talk about the NHL coming up. You had seven game sevens. I mean, you talk about just dramatics and just just so many things going on as far as hockey and the NBA. And, you know, these series were fantastic. You go back to that Boston-Milwaukee series. After Boston lost game five the way they did, you figured, oh, Milwaukee's going to wrap this up at home, and they don't. And then, you know, in game seven, Boston was struggling and they get Grant Williams coming off the bench for 27 points. He hit seven three-pointers, having the game of his life. They didn't need, you know, a lot of these other guys to to, to perform the way they did. And, uh, you know, Boston to Miami, I mentioned, they just own the conference finals. Since 2005, Butch, the Heat, they're making their eighth appearance in 18 seasons, while the Celtics will make their seventh in the past 15. So these two teams are no strangers to meeting each other, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to handicap this series. Boston definitely depends a little more on the three-point shot than Miami, but I think this is a better matchup than Milwaukee with the way Giannis played and the size that Milwaukee had inside. Um, I, my pick at the beginning of the playoffs was Golden State and Boston, so I'm not gonna not gonna you know jump that ship just yet. You mentioned Phoenix in that game seven. I don't know, Butch, if a team playing a game seven at home has ever had a performance like that. I don't know if any team in a game seven in the NBA has had a performance like that. 27 points in the first half. That game was nowhere close to how lopsided it was. And, you know, Doncic, you know, this guy, I mean, he's still, what, 23, 24 years old. And the things he does out there, and he does have a good supporting cast. Uh, Finley Smith has done well as as well as others. You saw Dimwitty, what he did off the bench coming in with. Yeah, yeah. They all came to play and uh, did quite well, doggone it. But again, what cracked me up so much is the Phoenix crowd. They got the heck out of Dallas. That's the third quarter there. They was leaving out of there. Majority of the Dallas people who came to watch the game, they were able to move their seats up to the bottom floor, maybe a floor level here, man, to cheer on their team. And I know that was quite embarrassing again for Phoenix on national TV now for the people to watch that here and again humiliate themselves to a no not one again we'll probably never see a game that ugly ever again in playoff history for a good long period of time but you know talking about the teams right now in in this particular playoff there you got boston and the warriors I mean, that's fair enough to say that maybe those teams will be meeting in the finals, but again, don't, don't, don't bank your, your, your home on it here, you know, because again, the Heat is a pretty doggone good team, struckling all this year. And the Warriors, again, uh, they started from beginning to end of being a pretty good doggone team. They, they shot themselves in the foot during the end of the season there, but again, they're coming back very strong. Uh, uh, Green is a little bit more healthier than he has been the whole season long. So you're going to see some very competitive basketball, I do believe, and some physical basketball at that as the referees and officials on the floor are letting a lot of things go. 
And I think a key to the uh, Golden State-Dallas series is how they try to contain Doncic, which is easier said than done. The Warriors had the second-best uh, defensive team during the regular season in all the NBA. And, and a big loss, Butch, Gary Payton the second, he got injured in the last series. He isn't expected to return in this series. And, you know, he played a major role throughout the season with his defense. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, uh, you know, guy that's been around a while, he will probably play lots of minutes. You're going to see Draymond Green probably switch up on Luca. We all know what he can do, as well as Clay Thompson. Before his ACL, he was, uh, you know, getting the big postseason defensive assignments. So if the Warriors can find a way to try to mix up their defense and cause Luca as much uh, discomfort as they can, I think they have a pretty good chance in this series. But you know, Dallas, some about this team, just uh, you know, they're they're kind of getting hot at the right time, and uh, I think uh, both series have the chance to go six, seven games. Yeah, and again, Dallas got a supporting cast. They they've been coming off the bench, uh, whooping it up there. Same as Boston, uh, very supporting cast when it comes down to the bench there per se. There, so it's going to be a very competitive series. It, we we know Miami has a very competitive staff with yep. people coming off the bench, being able to shoot threes like a house of fire there. <sighs> but again. We're looking at the Warriors, and my thing is is that who they got coming off the bench to kind of pull them together when those big three that they have, and that pool that we're looking at right now that we have not mentioned, who's done a fantastic job during this playoff and during the regular season to boot there. It's going to be pretty wicked indeed to watch um, – Four teams uh, battling out for the supremacy of the National Basketball Association championship game, which, again, they're going to spread this out. Yeah, and I'm betting ten to one at least six games for both of these particular teams. Butch, before we go to our next break and talk about the NHL playoffs, let's touch on the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, the draft lottery over the past couple weeks, the Wings uh, stayed steady, getting the eighth pick in the 2022 NHL draft coming up here in July, uh, hosted by Montreal. Of course, the Wings still on the search for a new coach. Uh, not a lot of news there after the Wings decided not to renew. The contract of former head coach Jeff Blaschel and Amort Sider, one of the uh, Calder Cup uh, candidates for Rookie of the Year. I know you talked about that on your show, Butch, and uh, I agree with you. I think he has a pretty good shot. Certainly uh, one of the big, uh, big I wouldn't say surprises, but certainly one of a a very pleasant surprise in a uh, not-so-good Detroit Red Wings season. Yeah, and again... The railways are not far off, but they're far off enough to look at where they're gonna, how they're gonna turn this around. The, you first and foremost gotta have a good coach that yep. basically right now who can motivate players a lot better than Blasher was doing there. And I think that hopefully the Red Wings will find somebody that basically can fit that bill. Now, Barry Trotz is out there, okay? And I know he's going to demand a little taste of change if he comes in there. Uh, that's one coach that I think very seriously will change the outlook of the uh, Red Wings and how they play, Be just by him being Barry Trotz. Exactly. Okay? But again, do you want this particular player or this particular coach, per se, to uh, – to dictate the, the the medium there, if he can't reach those younger players, that's going to be coming up. If he like it or not, okay, to come in and and do the job. 
I think Steve Eisenman is doing the right thing. Is basically use all his cards, okay? And you might see a couple of coaches from foreign ground come on in and be interviewed for the Detroit Red Wings job as a head coach there. So take your time. Do what you got to do, okay? But, again, I think the fans of Detroit is suspecting some immediate outcomes of the coach they have. Now, the draft choice there at number eight, that kind of shocked me there again, too. But Detroit, you know, you know what they'll do with that particular draft pick. Will they trade to get somebody? Will they use that draft pick accordingly to make the team better in other ways, shape, form, or fashion? Or maybe get a coach, okay, yeah. and use that draft pick in order to lure a coach over or whatever it may be. We'll, we'll never know the, diff, the deal here, but again, I think Steve Eisman is keeping everything under wraps, and that's the best way to do that here right now in order to uh, get the best person available in order to change this Red Wing, uh, I mean, suffering. That's the best word I can do, suffering around here. For the, you know, the fans here in Detroit who love hockey and they have highly supported the Red Wings, win, lose, or draw. Yep. They are sick and tired of being sick and tired of leaving the building at um, Little Caesars Arena with a loss. Butch, we're going to take a two-minute break. When you and I come back, we will talk about the NHL playoffs as the next round is underway. We'll recap the first round and what a round it was, five game sevens over the weekend. And, of course, the Toronto Maple Leafs not part of the second round again. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Central Savings Bank has been your hometown bank since 1902. They live where you live, and they're here to help. They understand that life happens, and so do overdrafts from time to time. Stop into one of their nine locations and ask the CSB family about their overdraft coverage options, like an overdraft sweep, where they can automatically transfer your money from one account to another to cover overdrafts. Apply for a personal reserve account that is a line of credit to cover overdrafts, or ask about their new overdraft privilege program for qualifying accounts. Central Savings Bank has all the conveniences you need and want for today's world. Get started by asking what the CSB family can do for you. Bank with the best. Bank with Central Savings Bank. Subject to credit approval. Fees may apply. Member FDIC EHL. Central Savings Bank. Ask what we can do for you. MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906-647-7307. Serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years. 
O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge Truck and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason on News Talk 1400. And welcome back to the game on News Talk 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of Butch on Sports, Butch Davis. Butch, we've talked a lot over the years on this show about uh, some of my favorite sporting events, and I've always said that the first round of the NHL playoffs, uh, certainly uh, for the NHL, is my favorite. uh, Very much uh, almost in the entire scope of professional sports, and it certainly lived up to it in the first round. Uh, five of the series going seven games, two of the series going six games, and just one sweep. The second round is already underway. Uh, Tampa, who knocked off Toronto again in seven games. They're taking on the Florida Panthers, who disposed of Washington in six games. Later on tonight in the Central Division, the Colorado Avalanche, who swept Nashville, will take on the St. Louis Blues, who took care of Minnesota in six games. Tomorrow night in the Metropolitan Division, at Carolina, who won in seven games over Boston, will take on the New York Rangers, who were down at three games to one to Pittsburgh and down in every game after that, would come back and win that series in seven. And the Battle of Alberta, boy, am I looking forward to this one. Calgary, who took out Dallas in seven games, will take on Edmonton, who knocked off the LA Kings in seven games. So, Butch, before we look at those series, uh, certainly lots of talking points. And you got to start with the team that just doesn't have a lot of playoff moxie, a lot of playoff luck. The Toronto Maple Leafs, we talked earlier with Dave McKegg, who was more uh, optimistic than I thought he would be over the years. We've heard him, uh, well, uh, open up his heart, I guess would be the best way to put it, on his uh, love of the Toronto Maple Leafs. I thought they played pretty well but they ran up against a Tampa squad. And so the Maple Leafs yet to win a playoff series since 2004. Your thoughts on the NHL's first round? Certainly a lot of good series and a lot of great game sevens. Uh, if you like me to be honest, I will. Yes, please. I'll, I'll be honest. Okay. I laughed at the Toronto game. <laughs> How a could you not? put a lot of stock in Toronto there. Myself, personally there, you know, when I saw that first game that they played against Tampa Bay, I mean, Toronto was skating, and I mean, they were jets out there, and they really put a smack in the Tampa Bay and and their living expenses here. But as that particular uh, series went on, it it showed the veteran moxie of Tampa Bay and what they can do in order to make a team miserable. And they made Toronto miserable. They did. Not putting anything down with Toronto. They played a doggone good series there with a, a good, good veteran team who, for any purpose, I need to say, is the uh, Stanley Cup champions two years in a row. Uh, so you, you you know, you tip your hat off to the team, but again, 
it was just a whole heck of a lot of people putting Toronto up in front of Tampa Bay, which basically uh, Tampa Bay said, well, we'll show you, and they did, okay? So not to put Toronto down at all there. They played a fantastic season. I guess the question is going to be is what they need to do in order to be better next year and, and reach that limit because they haven't gotten out of the first round since a long, long time. Long time. <laughs> Florida, okay? That is the team I'm looking at right now who's going to be in the Stanley Cup. That, that's, to me, one of the teams that I think. Although the Rangers have shocked me very much so, okay? Very, very deeply here. And and they play a record game there. And I think it's just going to come out to be in what team is going to be very, very physical. Uh, the Rangers playing Carolina. That is going to be a very, very good series there because, again, these are two teams that are very huge in size, very big on being physical, and also they grind it out when it comes to undershoot getting goals there. So I think that's going to be the best series of all between uh, all the four series that's going to be played. Colorado and St. Louis. You can't count on St. Louis per se, but um, again, I don't mean no harm, but Colorado's going to win that series yep. there. If they don't, they're going to be laughed at just like Toronto was laughed at there. You know, I, I, I'm sorry to say that. And of course, Calgary and Edmonton, that's, that, that show is going to be pitting a lot of people in Alberta, okay? Mm. <laughs> you know, oh, I guess, you know, you're going to see some. A lot of people, uh, and again, uh, being very, very hostile. And that's going to be what I call a hostile series there. Maybe at the end when they shake hands, but to me, that's going to be a very hostile series. Yeah, I really like that Calgary-Edmonton series. You, you go in your way back machine, Butch, if you remember, it was 1986, Game 7 in Edmonton, where yeah. Steve Smith, behind his own net, put it off his own goaltender. I believe it was Grant Fuhrer, mm -hmm. and uh, Calgary goes on and wins their first-ever yeah. Stanley Cup. And uh, exactly. certainly, I don't think Steve Smith's been back to Edmonton since. <laughs> but he I no one can find him here. Exactly. And, and that should be a great series. I mean, you look at Connor McDavid, uh, you talk about his first round of uh, 14 points in the first round for Edmonton. And Edmonton can score a lot of goals, but I think Calgary might be the more balanced team. They're getting good goaltending. Uh, really, you know, that series did go seven against Dallas, but I mm -hmm. thought Calgary was the, the better team in that series. Obviously, they won. So I, I like Calgary just because of their goaltending and defense. Uh, Colorado St. Louis, I think, is going to be a little closer than people think. And Colorado, like you said, they're going to be compared to the Toronto Maple Leafs because over the past three seasons, a lot of people have thought they were the best team. And many times they were in the regular season, but they've lost uh, the last three seasons, uh, losing in the second round. So the, the Avs on paper look to be the overwhelming favorites. But that St. Louis team, they're tough, and I wouldn't count them out at all. I did pick Colorado to make the Stanley Cup along with Florida. Florida currently leading Tampa one to nothing late in the first period. And you look at uh, the early runner for the uh, front runner for the Conn Smythe 
trophy, uh, Carter Verhage. Uh, he has played very well and uh, picking up at uh, the deadline, Claude Giroux, I think, was uh, a big one. He scored twice and added three assists in the final two games against Washington. So, you know, Tampa's been there so many times. Florida, this is a team that just seems to be building and building, and I still think they have enough to get over the line. And uh, I think that Carolina Rangers series is going to be very interesting indeed. You know, Carolina during the regular season, certainly, uh, you know, finishing first place. And I think they've won their last six game sevens, which which is hard to do in any sport. I think Carolina has enough to beat the Rangers. But, Butch, I always use this term going back to gambling. Uh, the Rangers are kind of playing on the house's money right now. And if you can stay out of the penalty box, if you're Carolina, that's probably your best bet because the power play during their first round series against Pittsburgh – 31% they scored on their opportunities. So I expect that you could see many of these series uh, going to a sixth or seventh game. I think the only one that maybe could be a short series, Colorado-St. Louis, but I'm not even betting on that. I think NHL fans are in for a lot more action coming up over the next couple weeks. And again, the officiating is you know, kind of like stepping back and allowing mm-hmm. the players to play. And that's why I say that uh, Calgary-Edmonton series is going to be something special there because that's going to be – Calgary, as uh, far as the physicality is concerned, is great, okay? However, Edmonton has the better skaters there, and they're speedy, and they're a little bit more efficient when it comes down to skating. So – I, you know, you, you can look at all these particular games and say <clears throat> who, who's going to be in charge there. But again, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be up to the physicality and also how much the referees allow to go on in the series as they did in the in the first initial series there of all those uh, sixteen teams. Uh, let's see what they what happened there. I know. But you gotta tip your hat off to the NHL and how they do things when it comes down to using the instant replay there, because that saves a lot of a lot of teams a lot of grief there. And and again, we'll, we'll see how they're officiating goals in those particular series, and that might be the big difference when it comes down to teams being physical or not being physical. Butch, we're going to take our final break of the show. When you and I come back, we'll talk about the Detroit Lions. Their upcoming schedule for this season has been released. We'll also dive around the world of sports. All coming up on the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, News Talk 1400. Reed Metals in Tafter, your honest main source recycling business, hopes everyone is staying safe. Reed Metals is still paying top dollar for whole scrap vehicles. They also buy heavy equipment, catalytic converters, radiators, lead-based batteries, rims, and motors. Reed Metals will give you an honest price without surprise fees or deductions at the scale. Reed Metals also buys copper, brass, lead, tin, cast, aluminum, steel, and many more types of recyclable metals. Reed Metals wants to pay you for your scrap metals and scrap vehicles. Reed Metals also offers roll-off dumpster service. Reed Metals is open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Visit ReedMetals.com. Reed Metals, conveniently located only 10 miles south of the Sioux on Mackinac Trail.
Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and L-Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup rated number one for reliability, and Z-Series motors and sidekick utility vehicles where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Scanners of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Pickford, Michigan. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Are you looking to get fit or maybe just stay in shape? The All-in-One Fitness Club can help you with all your fitness wants and needs. Their great facility is fully equipped with locker rooms, saunas, and the best cardio equipment, along with the best plate-loaded and cable equipment around. The All-in-One Fitness Club also offers great deals for seniors, students, state, and federal employees, all with no yearly contract and no hidden fees. Wow! Come join today upstairs at the Big Bear Arena, where you'll achieve all your fitness goals. For more information on hours and more, go to Sutri health.com let's get back to the twin Sioux's only local regional and national sports show let's get back to the game on news talk 1400 745 on the game news talk 1400 scott nason with you as we continue to be joined by co-host of the game and host of butch on sports butch davis if you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show you can find it a little bit after our show on the website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, over the past week, uh, the Detroit Lions 2022 schedule has been released. The Lions will have nine home dates and eight road games in their 17-game regular season schedule. No primetime games for the Lions other than Thanksgiving, if you want to call that a primetime game, making them the only team that does not appear on a Thursday night, Sunday night for now, or Monday night football. Let's go through the schedule, Butch, and I'll get your comments. The preseason will start August 13th at home against Atlanta. The Lions will also have a pair of preseason games at Indianapolis and at Pittsburgh. Regular season will open at Ford Field on September 11th against the Philadelphia Eagles. They'll continue at home in week two against the Washington Commanders. These are all 1 p.m. starts, by the way, which we'll talk about in a moment. Lions first road game in week three at Minnesota. They'll be back home week four against Seattle. Travel to New England for week five. They will have their bye week on week six. We'll come off the bye week at Dallas in week seven. Home to Miami in week eight. Home to Green Bay in Week 9 at the Chicago Bears Week 10 at the New York Giants Week 11. Their Thanksgiving opponent this year, the Buffalo Bills on November 24th, that one at 12.30 p.m. They'll also be home to Jacksonville in Week 15, Week 14, or rather 13, excuse me. Home to Minnesota on Week 14. They'll be at the New York Jets Week 15 at the Carolina Panthers at a Saturday game on December 24th. Their home regular season finale, week 17, January 1st against the Chicago Bears. And then they will finish on the frozen tundra of Lambeau Field on January 7th or 8th. Butch, uh, Lions schedule, uh, no more home games, uh, not as hard of a schedule because of where they finished. Just overall, your thoughts before we get to more. Every game at 1 o'clock. I think the coach is very, and he expressed himself. Yeah. Down there Friday, he was happy as a jaybird on that one there. You ain't got to worry about hitting around in the hotels and schooling around with this particular time or 4 o'clock or whatever it may be on the West Coast. He just got it made in the shade there. Every game at 1 o'clock, you can go on a regular schedule, a regular beat, and uh, basically uh, – 
hit it with all cylinders there on basically the time that you start and the time that you're going to end there. Um, I like the schedule, but again, uh, I like a lot of things that basically fits the Detroit Lions' uh, way of doing business this year. I think if they uh, if they do everything right during the off season, okay, that means less injuries on players there. Uh, the way they uh, they handled the rookie camp, you know, in the way I was kind of impressed because they didn't go out their way of getting Aiden Hutchinson to do a lot of talking and uh, and yapping with the with the press, and neither yep. did he wanted to. Okay, he just. He was just out there attending the business as uh, as usual there. The places where the Lions practice is 15 minutes from his parents' house, okay? Yeah. So he, the, the Lions, I think, right now is, is going to play this by ear, okay, and how they do things and what they do. And hopefully right now with the, the schedule the way it is for the Lions, they can – do some consistent winning there and maybe uh, have some fans go out there a lot more proudly than we have in years past. Yeah, I, I think you made a good point on your show Sunday about, you know, having all the games at the same time. As a fan, I like it. Uh, yeah. Many many times as the Lions ruined my Saturday afternoon, I'll have a little more time to recover because they seem to have a lot of 4 o'clock starts playing the Western opponents last year. So I think you made a very good point indeed. Butch, uh, we're down to the final week of the regular season in the Premier League. And over the weekend, Liverpool won the FA Cup in a penalty shootout over my Chelsea, they still have a chance at a first ever quadruple having won the FA cup, the Carabao cup. They're in the UEFA champions league final next Saturday against real Madrid and still have a shot at the premier league. Uh, Liverpool did win earlier today, two to one over Southampton. So yep. One match to play Liverpool currently one point behind Manchester city, uh, Manchester city will be at home to Aston Villa on Saturday while Liverpool hosts Wolverhampton. And, uh, you know, it's, if you watch, if you like soccer, maybe I've never watched soccer. It's a great time to watch it on Saturday because the games are at 11 AM. All 10 games are played at the same time. And Butch, one of the things I like as much as the race to the top is the race at the bottom, because if you finish in the bottom three, in the Premier League, you get bounced out of the Premier League and lose millions upon millions of pounds going to the next division. Uh, two teams have been demoted or relegated, I should say, North City and Watford. And you have a good battle with three teams trying to avoid that one relegation spot. Right now, Burnley, Leeds United, and Everton all in the mix. They're all going to be playing on Saturday. So, Butch, uh, the soccer season officially ends with the UEFA Champions League next Saturday, but uh, this Saturday in England, it's going to be a wild show. Yep, and you got Peacock boys and girls. You can see every little game there yep. from beginning to end there. I know USA Network's going to be full. Uh, the, um, we'll see, the, the, the CNBC is going to be used, and also NBC as well as uh, uh, some other kind of MSNBC is going to also be used as well there. So, and, and then you got the NBC Sports Channel on Peacock there that's going to show majority of all the games there. So, if you got nothing else to do at 11 o'clock there, 
go to the store early, get all your goodies, and just sit back and watch soccer because um, many of these teams in, in both ways is going to be very significant there. The first place, uh, uh, that's going to be very significant with Man City in there. Uh, and then the relegation of the the other team that's going to be saying goodbye to the Premier League for at least a year, okay, <laughs> or maybe better. Yeah, okay? it's hard to get back. Two, two, three teams that have a shot to get over the hump there. Butch, uh, before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down, uh, what is going on in the wild world of wrestling? When we do our Tuesday shows, we're fresh off uh, Monday Night Raw. I have not tuned in for a couple weeks, so give myself and our listeners an update on what's going on in WWE and AEW. I fell asleep on Monday Night Raw. Didn't look like much. Didn't look like much. I'm glad I did because it it, it stunk. You know, I saw so many doggone interviews going around there. And when you got the men's being a referee in a in a in a show that basically right now he should be kind of headlining there as a wrestler. Come on, kids. AEW again. Spot on with wrestling matches. They're not doing a whole heck of a lot of promoting this and promoting that. There, they're getting on for their two hours a lot more matches than the WWE is giving in three hours yeah. on Raw. Um, that's something that again they need to look at and look at very very closely. As I think they're going to use this summer, I think the WWE is to get themselves together because September is always a major month when it comes down to wrestling in general and also networking in general there and how they do things on Fox. I think the majority of their better matches now are not on Raw anymore. They're on Fox, and they've been headlining that very successfully there. But, again, the the talk and the chatter and the promotion of that uh, particular there that that's gotta stop. They gotta they gotta put matches in there. They gotta make people very very happy. Butch, let's get to our thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I will start and thumbs up just to this sports weekend in general. Having three game sevens in the NHL on Friday, starting with Carolina knocking off Boston. <laughs> Tampa knocking off Toronto again, and the Edmonton Oilers uh, winning over L.A. all in Game 7s Saturday night. And if that wasn't enough, you had two more Game 7s on Sunday in the NHL. The Rangers come back, knock out Sidney Crosby and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, Calgary win that one in overtime. Calgary wins over Dallas in overtime. And the NBA as well, a good Good series going on in their second round. You had two game sevens. While the games weren't that good, I thought the series were. And just to have that many game sevens in one weekend, I believe it was a record. As a matter of fact, Butch, Dallas was the first city to have uh, simultaneous game sevens on the same day with the Stars and the Mavericks. So so thumbs up to that whole sports weekend and thumbs up to my wife, Becky, who uh, not only puts up with my sports watching, but she actually enjoys watching sports with me so thumbs up for her to uh watch so many games and uh, certainly we had a good time in doing that thumbs up to the local sports spring season uh, one of the reasons that we've had trouble uh, keeping our shows on monday nights and at times in general is because of a very busy umpiring season it's been better weather although you look out there today and you're thinking what are you talking about it was about 83 degrees on friday and the sioux officiating a, a softball game and it's just good to see all the 
athletes out there competing and uh, certainly a lot of the coaches, if not all the coaches have been uh, very respectful of the umpires, which I appreciate. So thumbs up to the spring sports season. And before you know it, we'll be into uh, districts and regionals and the spring and the entire sports season will be ending here in about a month. And we're just glad to be able to have the games and uh, certainly try to have good weather yet again. Thumbs down to the whole Phil Mickelson, uh, you know, thing going on. You know, we have the PGA Championship coming up this weekend, and we should be talking about the golfers that are participating in the PGA Championship, not the one golfer that is not. Uh, we could have another topic if we had more time on that whole situation, but personally, I'm tired of hearing it. I want to hear about the golfers that are playing, including Tiger Woods and many others, and let's focus on that, not on the one guy that's not there. Butch Davis, your thumbs up and thumbs down for the week, sir. <laughs> thumbs down. And y'all love this tremendously here. Not the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm, I'm sorry. That's not a thumbs down. No. Uh, <clears throat> give the team some credit. They battle, but maybe next year. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Heard that before. <laughs> My thumbs down go to Stephen A. Smith. I'm oh, sorry. Boy. But Stephen A. Smith... Is giving ESPN a black eye with some of the comments he's made uh, through the past weeks and months, okay? And he's really uh, banged up the place. And basically, the NBA show, freaking show, that he sits up there and most himself as being the, the a, a basketball phenomenon and right. really and truly makes himself look like a thoroughbred rear end, okay? A donkey. I don't want to use the other word, and it's really more comparable for this particular conversation, but Stephen A. Smith, you win the Thumbs Down Award for me here. And people are, when ESPN gets tired of it, and it's high prices uh, they're giving to this guy, they'll do something about it. Uh, <clears throat> let's give a thumbs up to the Detroit Tigers, okay? Yes. If, we do, if this happens the way the Lions handled after the ninth game of the season last year, Maybe, maybe possibly, the Detroit Tigers have a good opportunity to have a decent season. It's very early. Again, they got 80% of the season to go. You know, four games is not bad, although they're losing to Tampa Bay right now, two to zip. Uh, hey, that's, oh, wait a minute. Let me change that. Tampa Bay four, Detroit one. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. What modern technology we have here. <laughs> yes, we uh, but let's give it to them. You know, they, if they keep making things competitive, then we can stand and watch the Tigers. And, again, maybe the fans would return at Comerica Park, which, again, uh, this weekend on uh, Friday and Saturday, they were pretty doggone good crowds there. I can't say the same on Sunday afternoon because it was 87 degrees and Ooh. people had things to do other than what they did, but what can I say? Butch, we are out of time, but as always, thanks for joining us on the game. You can find Butch on Sports on Wednesdays and Sundays on the website, Simply Butch 2, that's T-O-O dot Podomatic dot com, or find him on our website, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Butch, have a great rest of your week and weekend. We'll talk to you next Tuesday night for our next edition of the game. It will do. All right, that's going to do it for tonight's show. I want to thank Butch along with co-host Dave McKegg and all of you for listening tonight. If you want to hear the full two-hour version of tonight's show, you can find it here in about 15 minutes on the website, 
thegamesportshow.podbean.com. That's going to do it for this Tuesday night edition. We'll talk to you next Tuesday night for our next edition of the game here on News Talk 1400. Thanks for listening to the game on News Talk 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.